When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Abgenommen bedauert. The time, 1934. The place, a street in New York City. Kidnap Doc Savage? Are you crazy? You're not paid to ask questions, Leaking. Just do it. But better guys than us have died trying to nail Doc Savage. And he's put so many crooks behind bars, the news rags call him a one-man army fighting for justice. That do-gooders make me tired. Nah, he's more than just a do-gooder, Howard. They say he spends his whole life getting in the way of guys like us. No wonder anybody plotting something tries to put him out of the picture first. Forget that. I just figured out how to get it. You know what he looks like? Yeah, I think so. I've seen his mug in the papers a couple of times. His skin and hair look like metal. Yeah, he's a bronze. They say it got that color from him gallivanting all over the world looking for adventure. Well, then he shouldn't be hard to spot. I've heard he's well over six feet tall with muscles. Hercules. I don't know, Hallis. He don't seem big so much. More like powerful. Ah, that's just a front. They say he was raised by scientists on a special program trying to turn him into a physical and mental superman. And he learned secrets from Hindu mystics, South Sea pearl divers, African hunters. And he keeps in shape with daily exercises of all of it. Super eyesight, super hearing... Doing mathematical formulas in his head. You know, a lot of hooey. What if it worked? Never mind that. I just figure out how to get it. Okay. But where do I find him? I don't know. And I've heard he works out of a fabulous headquarters in the highest skyscraper in the city. But he hasn't seen in public often. <laughs> no wonder. Maybe if you tail one of his sidekicks, they'll lead you to him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Them five guys who always pal around with One's a big-shot chemist, one's a hot-shot lawyer. Right. And another's a crack engineer. And one's a famous archaeologist. And the last, they say, is an electrical genius. Hey, what if they get in the way when we try to put the snatch on Savage? Do we bring them all? Next, all we're getting paid for is keeping Savage out of the way for a while. Who wants him out of the way? Never mind. You want your dough, earn it. Now get out of here. And don't come back until you've got Doc Savage. Here comes Monk Mayfair, the ape-like chemist. Lasers! Ham Brooks, the sword-wielding lawyer. Take that! Rennie Renwick, the two-fisted engineer. Holy cow! 
Long Tom Roberts, the adventurous electrical genius. Pipe down, you guys. Johnny Littlejohn, the fighting archaeologist. I'll be super amalgamated. And their leader, the greatest adventure hero of the 1930s, the man of bronze, Doc Savage. The Variety Arts Radio Theater, by special arrangement with Condé Nast Publications, presents The Adventures of Doc Savage, a new series of radio adventures based on the novels by Lester Dent. Today, Kidnapped, Chapter One of the fantastic story Fear Key. Ah, good morning, Mr. Savage. Nice day. Yes, it is, officer. Uh, out for your afternoon constitutional? In a way. Well, I suppose with all the adventure you see, a nice peaceful walk is something of a luxury. Uh, taking your mind off work, that is. You could say that. Uh, well, I won't be taking up any more of your time. Good day to you, Mr. Savage. Hmm. Oh, officer, is this your wallet on the sidewalk? What's that? I say... What? Yes! Let me through. Let me through. I'm a doctor. Uh, but, uh, what's going on here? This man has been stricken with heart failure. But I was just talking to him not more than ten seconds ago. Maybe. But we've got to rush him to the emergency hospital to save his life. Give me a hand. Uh, save his luck. There's a taxi at the curb. Yeah. Convenience. Into the cab with him now. Thanks, officer. I can take care of him from here. Oh, nothing doing. I'm going along with you. Is that necessary? <laughs> this big bronze guy is Doc Savage, no less. And I'm going to see that he gets the best. Driver, head for the emergency hospital. When we get there, I'll make a call to Doc Savage's headquarters and tell him his sidekicks what's happened. You won't tell nobody nothing, flatfoot. <sighs> okay, Shorty, take off. You know where to go. Right. <laughs> When that cop piled in the car, I figured we were sunk, leaking. Well, we don't need to worry about him now. Where we dumped him, he'll have a nice long walk home. Howard is sure paying enough to have us pinch this bronze guy. Any idea what the shyster has up his sleeve? Nah, and I don't care. Lucky Howard's office is near the service elevator. I don't think I could drag this big guy much farther. Here we are. Drop him. I'll open the door. Who's that? Me! Leaking! I thought I told you not to come back until you got Doc Savage. What do you think this is, shyster? Whitwash? Holy. It is Doc Savage. Well, you wanted him, didn't you? Yes, but how did you do it? I dropped a fake wallet on the street with a gadget in it that threw gas in his face when he opened it. Put him down there, shorty. I never thought you'd get him that easy. Yeah, but he sure is as big as they say. I'm sweating like a stuck pig. You're always sweating. That's why they call you leaking. Leaking? Never mind that. So, Howitt, here he is. What do we do now? I'll tie him up and keep him like we were told. I'll get some rope. Okay, Shorty, you can go. Well, thanks, leaking. I don't want to be around when the big guy comes, too. Uh, he ain't so much. Just the same. See you later. Here's some strong rope. Let's get him trussed up before he comes around. You're a little too late, gentlemen. What the... 
He's got me by the throat. Oh, me too. Put us down. Just as soon as I find out what weapons you may have. Oops. Hey, you're shaking us apart. That's what I wanted to find. An automatic and a thirty-eight. Okay, so you got our guns. Now what? Now, gentlemen, you're going to take a little nap on the sofa. Ah. I hope you have hard heads. <clears throat> and you conveniently supplied me with a rope. There. That should hold you for a while. Monk, you and Ham get over to the Chandler building, 20th floor. Office of a lawyer named Hallett. Hallett and another man named Leaking have tried to abduct me off the street. You'll find them trussed up on the office sofa. You know what to do with them. Now, let's find out what this is all about. Come, come, gentlemen. I knocked your skulls together just hard enough to keep you out for only a moment. Oh, what hit me. No, Doc Savage, it wasn't a dream. Not at all. Now, I want some answers. You went to a great deal of trouble to seize me off the street. Why? I thought that wall of gag was foolproof. I figured that gas would keep you out for days. The gas never had any effect on me in the first place. What? You underestimate my powers of observation. When you dropped that trick wallet, I saw you. You mean, you picked it up knowing it was a trick? I picked it up most carefully, if you had noticed. There were two logical things to suspect, a poisoned needle or gas. To avoid a needle, I didn't open the wallet in the usual manner, and to checkmate the gas, I merely held my breath until the vapor had dissipated. But why? Why pretend to be overcome? Merely to find out what your game was. Now I repeat, why did you seize me? Hal had told me to. I don't know why he wanted you, but he gave me a C note to do it. Well, then we'll question Mr. Hallett. Well, what happened? He's wise to us, Hallett. Not completely. I want to know why you paid Mr. Leaking here to abduct me. Won't talk, eh? Well, if you won't talk, out the window you go. Now, wait. Oh, oh. oh no. Oh. No. Wait, wait, wait. I'll talk. I'll tell you everything. That's better. All right, Hallett, let's hear it. We were hired. We were, were to get $10,000 for grabbing you and holding you where no one could find you for two weeks. So someone wants me out of circulation for two weeks. Who? I don't know. Window is still open. Fountain of Youth. Fountain of Youth Incorporated hired me. And just who is Fountain of Youth Incorporated? Well, it was handled in a roundabout way. I got a phone call with the proposition to seize and hold you. The party who called said there was no need of us ever seeing each other. In fact, it would be better if we didn't. The only name I got was Fountain of Youth. Why did this Fountain of Youth Incorporated want me held? I asked that, but they said there was no need for me to know. Does Fountain of Youth have an office? Yes, room 1402 Queen Tower Building. I had their phone traced, too. It's the same address. Oh, you were curious about this mysterious Fountain of Youth also. Uh, do you blame me for trying to get a line on them? Well, thanks for the information, Mr. Hallett. Uh, two of my assistants, Monk Mayfair and Ham Brooks, will be up here shortly. They'll deal with you. Oh, by the way, Mr. Hallett, Ham Brooks is a lawyer himself, and I'm sure he'll take measures to see that you're disbarred. That should be Monk and Ham now. Think again, Savage. Get them hands up. Hey, Shorty. I come back because Leaking forgot to pay me. Then I hear this Savage guy pumping you, so I had me rod ready. Good work, Shorty. Cut us loose. No, wait. Just give us your knife. 
Keep that gun on Savage. Right. Here. Quick, leaking. Cut the rope. Yeah, yeah. Watch Savage, Shorty. Don't worry, he's covered. Back against the wall, bronze man. I don't think I plan to stick around, Shorty. Uh, get back, Savage. I got this gap pointed right at your chest. Wait. Doc Savage always wears a bulletproof vest. Aim at his head. His head. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> He's heading for the window. He's jumping. Where'd he go? Was there a rope or something in here he could have used to slide down to the ground? Funny stories. Besides, the only rope was the one he used to tie us. He'd have take a fly to stick to that wall. I always did hear this Doc Savage ain't quite human. Oh, shut up. Search the office. That bronze guy's got to be here somewhere. Yes? This is the Fountain of Youth Incorporated. Has our little project been concluded? Well, uh, sort of. I don't understand. Oh, we got Doc Savage. But he escaped. Connis! How could you be so stupid? But you're on Never understand. mind. Come into the office of a Fountain of Youth. I know you are aware of its address. If I'm not here to give you mindless dolts orders, there will be an envelope under the blotter on my desk with the directions inside. See that you do not bungle them as badly as you've already done. Uh, yes, sir, Mr. Uh, Mr. Since uh, you are so curious about our organization, I will tell you my name. It is uh, Santini. Just Santini? That is enough. Come to Fountain of Youth, now! Who is that, Havit? A guy named Santini from Fountain of Youth. He said where to get over there right away. Why didn't you tell him what he could do with his kidnapping idea? Trying to nab Savage is worth more than we're getting. Oh, I forgot to tell you, Leaking, there's a $10,000 bonus waiting for us at the Fountain of Youth. Well, uh, that's different. Let's set sail. What about Savage? Where'd he go? Oh, forget about that for now. It won't be hard to find him again. Come on. Look. Look, there's two guys coming up the stairs. Holy cow, what a pair. One of them looks like a gorilla. And check out the clothes on the other. What a dude. They're the two that Savage said would be coming. I've seen the pictures in the papers. The ape-like one is Monk Mayfair. The fashion plate is Ham Brooks, the lawyer. They're coming to this office. Get back inside. Get your rods ready. Here's the office, Shyster. Doc says they'd be tied up inside. Well, what are you waiting for, you dumb missing link? Open the door. Look out! I guess they ain't tied up after all. Any sign of Doc? No. That's your super machine pistol? Of course. I always carry it. Loaded with Doc's anesthetic mercy bullets? As always. Oh, good. Let's give it to him. Yeah! Think we got any of them? No, you hairy freak. And why'd you shove your face through the door so fast? Oh, who told me to? Besides, I wanted to see if Doc was in there. And if you keep calling me names, I'll shove you out there with them red hops and get a shot at you. Where could Doc have gone? I suppose you'd open out with that great legal brain of yours while I try to wing one of them birds. Wait! What's that rolling down the hall? Tear gas! Run! Where? Down the stairs!
if you'd have kept your noisy trap shut, I would have heard them throw that crybaby canister. One of these days, I'm going to see if there's a man into that hairy hide. Listen, upstairs. They're getting into the freight elevator. Come on. Here, here's the door on the floor. Give me your cane. Why? I'm going to use the sword inside it to loosen the lock on the elevator door. If we can pry it open, the car will stop between floors. Let you ruin my sword? Let me do it. Okay, Shyster, but get to it. I'll shove on the door. There they go. Hurry up. That did it. Car stopped a couple of floors down. They could still shoot up to the grilled roof of that cage. Keep back. Well, what do we do now? Let them go. Doc! Where'd you go, Doc? I slid from the office window down to the window below, Monk, using the collapsible grappling hook I always carry. Now let the doors close. But, Doc, how come? If we tried to jump down on the cage, they'd have the advantage, Ham. Besides, I want to find out what this is all about. And since I think they'll head for the Queen Tower building, we'll trail them there. What's at the Queen Tower building? The office of the Fountain of Youth, Incorporated. What the deuce is the Fountain of Youth, Incorporated? The company that hired them to abduct me. Come on, I have a cab waiting downstairs. Here we are, Queen Tower building. Hey, Doc, look at that funny little duck over there. <laughs> Dressed as spiffy as the shyster here. Derby, spats, red sash. Did that mustache. Must be three inches long on each side. He had skinny as a pencil. Pretty elegant. No more elegant than the pearl-handled automatic he's pulling out of his coat. Look out. After him. He's heading into the building. He's running out the back to the alley. There he goes. Get him. No use. He's got a car waiting. That was some machine. Looked like it had bulletproof windows and solid rubber tires. Back inside. Let's find out who he was. Doorman, who was that? Uh, uh, th th that was Mr. Santini, sir. And who is Mr. Santini? He's the president of Fountain of Youth. Mr. Santini seems to know us by sight. That doesn't mean anything, you accident of nature. Doc's picture often appears in newspapers and magazines. Nobody but you would think of that, shyster. The thing that puzzles me most is why these men should be so anxious to get us out of the way. Perhaps the office of Fountain of Youth Incorporated will yield an answer. Perhaps. Let's try it. Here's the office, Doc. Should we barge right in? Wait a moment. Using your super hearing on the door, huh, Doc? Seems to be no one inside. Locked. That's never stopped us before. Got your lock picked, Doc? In my pocket. Come on. Oh, <laughs> some digs. Leather furniture, rich carpeting, even the latest automatic typewriters and dictaphones. That door over there says it's Santini's office. Wow, even plusher. This Santini does all right for himself. Look at the size of that desk. More interesting is the crumpled envelope on the desk. Hmm. 
What's so interesting about that envelope, Doc? It's moist, Ham, as if crumpled by a perspiring palm. So? One of the fellows who grabbed me was called Leaking, probably because of some affliction which makes him perspire a great deal. Only a man who sweats freely would have damp palms on a day like this. So those guys have been here. Let's take a look in the desk. Hey, Doc. Looks like someone wrote something on the top sheet of this pad of paper and then tore it off. Wait a moment. Got something on your equipment vest that'll bring out the impression of the writing? I think so, Monk. We'll try this liquid. Looks like blood. Iodine vapor. It brings out impressions left by pencil points. It's coming. Let's see. Kel Avery, due in on 8 o'clock plane from Florida, must be prevented from communicating with Doc Savage. Grab Avery and hold for me. Santini. Boy, now we're getting places. But Leaking and Hallett beat us here, Doc. They have the message, too. What are we going to do? It's 5 o'clock. That gives us three hours before the Florida plane bearing this Kel Avery arrives. Let's look around a little more. We know that thrilling sound, Doc. It means you found something really interesting. What is it, Doc? Some very intriguing files, Ham. Look at the names on them. Fascinating. For the love of mud! They look like a who's who of all the town's money bags. Yes, an index of the richest men in New York City. And there are other files of wealthy individuals listed by states. Hmm... Every rich man in America. Wonder what it means. Interesting. The files give not only the man's name and the probable size of his fortune, but also his age and the state of his health. I think I get it, Doc. Yes. Get what? I'll explain, stupid. The man, the phone. Do we answer it? I've only heard Hallett's voice for a few moments, but I think I can imitate it. The office of Fountain of Youth Incorporated. Perfect, Doc. Kale Avery can be found at 1120 Fish Lane. But I thought Kale Avery was... Was on a plane bound for New York? You are mistaken. Kale Avery is at 1120 Fish Lane. Who is this? Connection isn't very good. You never heard my voice before, Mr. Hallett. Then who are you? You know my voice. You take care of Kale Avery. I'll explain who I am later. Who was that, Doc? It was the strangest voice, Monk. Indescribably young and joyful. What did he say? He seemed to know all about this business, Ham. He knew enough to call Fountain of Youth. He knew who Hallett was. He knew about the Florida flight. And he said that Kel Avery is not on that plane. Who is a mysterious stranger who seems to know so much about the abduction of Doc Savage? What is the Fountain of Youth Incorporated? And why do they want Doc and his aides out of the way? Don't miss The Hanging Man, Chapter 2 of Fear Key, next time on The Adventures of Doc Savage. <laughs> Fear Key was written by Lester Dent and adapted for radio by Roger Rittner. Featured in the cast were Daniel Chodos, Robert Towers, Art Dutch, Douglas Kohler, William Irwin, and Bob Farley. Also heard were Michael McConaughey, Scott McKenna, 
Glenn Shaddix, and Bob Lyne. Sound effects were created by David Surtees, assisted by Jerry Williams. Production assistance by Samantha Kimmel and Doris Christie. Engineering by Denny King. Adventures of Doc Savage is produced and directed by Roger Rittner and is a presentation of the Variety Arts Radio Theater. Quick, Rennie, use your fists. Knock down that door. Here goes. He's hanging by his neck from the rafters. Here comes Monk Mayfair, the eight-light chemist. Lasers! Ham Brooks, the sword-wielding lawyer. Take that! Rennie Renwick, the two-fisted engineer. Holy cow! Long Tom Roberts, the adventurous electrical genius. Pipe down, you guys. Johnny Littlejohn, the fighting archaeologist. Now be super amalgamated. And their leader, the greatest adventure hero of the 1930s, the Man of Bronze, Duck Savage. The Variety Arts Radio Theater, by special arrangement with Condé Nast Publications, presents The Adventures of Duck Savage. A new series of radio adventures based on the novels by Lester Dent. Today, The Hanging Man, Chapter 2 of the fantastic story, Fear Key. A crooked lawyer named Hallett has attempted to kidnap Doc Savage, but the man of bronze turns the table on the lawyer and his henchmen and learns that they have been hired by a mysterious company called Fountain of Youth Incorporated to keep Doc and his five aides out of the way for two weeks. While on their way to investigate the offices of Fountain of Youth, Doc, Monk Mayfair, and Ham Brooks are shot at by the company's president, a man named Santini. Inside the offices, Doc discovers that Santini has sent Hallett and his crooks to waylay one Kel Avery, who is supposedly on a plane bound for New York. He also discovers a secret file containing the names of the wealthiest men in America. Just then, a mysterious phone call interrupts their search, and an unknown voice declares that Kel Avery is not on the New York plane. Who was that, Doc? It was the strangest voice, Monk, indescribably young and joyful. What did he say? He seemed to know all about this business, Ham. And he said that Kel Avery is not on that plane bound for New York. So, where is Kel Avery? At 1120 Fish Lane, he said. Fish Lane? That's out in Flushing Marshes. That neighborhood ain't so hot, Doc. Yes, Monk, I know. Who are you calling, Doc? 
Our offices. Johnny Rennie and Longtom are there, and I have a job for them. Oh, boy. Everybody's getting into the act. Things will start brewing now. Yes? Johnny? Undeniably, Doc. Monk and Ham told you of the plot to abduct me? Oh, completely. The perpetrators have been suitably chastised, I assume. Yes, but they got away. How unfortunate. Perhaps not. In any case, we have reason to believe they are going to try the same thing on someone named Kel Avery, who may be at 1120 Fish Lane. You and Rennie and Long Tom head there and investigate. Monk and Ham and I will be here another 10 or 15 minutes. Will you join us at this piscatorial thoroughfare later? Yes, we will. Uh, exactly what are your present whereabouts? Queen Tower Building, room 1402. Excellent. Why? <laughs> are you going to get a surprise? <laughs> Was that Johnny I heard laughing, Doc? Yes. Strange. Johnny doesn't go in for such playful mysteries as a usual thing. Maybe using all them big words like he does finally made him dizzy. Perhaps. In any case, let's continue going through these files. Yes, a cabinet full of files on the wealthiest men in America bears further scrutiny. Especially when they got all the details about their health in them, too. Hmm. Here's one that's quite dog-eared with thumbprints all over it, as though it's been used more often than the others. Ham, take a look at this. Hmm. Thackeray Hutchinson. Name rings a bell. Heard of him? Yes, now I remember. Thackeray Hutchinson is one of the wealthiest bankers in the country. The government once tried to convict him on the legal practices in connection with the public utilities project, but a battery of clever lawyers got him off. Well, we'll investigate him more thoroughly later. I think we found all we can here. Let's go. Shall I get a cab, Doc? I don't think that'll be necessary, Monk. Look there. Say, how'd your roads to get parked at the curb? I'd say it was delivered by that lovely vision in bronze standing next to it, no doubt. Hey! Hey, Doc, it's your cousin. Hey, Pat! Pat Savage! Hello, Monk. Ham. Hiya, Doc. I say, Pat, with that bronze hair, smart frock, and chic hat, you sure make the other New York women look rusty. Yeah, you sure inherited all this savage family looks, Pat. But I thought you was up in the North Woods shooting polar bears or something. Well, I got tired of the woods. Too tame. I decided I needed some adventure. So, I headed back for New York to hook up with Doc and his five assistants again. Johnny told me I could catch you here if I hurried. So that's what Johnny was laughing about. We'll talk on the way uptown, Pat, but I'm afraid we'll have to drop you at the office until we get a, a matter settled. Oh, a matter? Sounds interesting. There's a plot up with Pat, or rather some other cookies are plotting something. Well, I'm going along. It's dangerous, or maybe... Oh, Doc, Pat's as good a scrapper as any of us, except maybe you... She certainly held her own in our skirmish with the phantom werewolves last year. And having a golden-eyed bit of bronze loveliness along won't hurt none either. All right, she can come along. Great. It'll be like old times having you back with us, Pat. <laughs> the love of hunting trouble must run in the savage blood. Gentlemen, I yearn for some action. Well, here it is. It's that team. And then two birds howling and leaking. And about ten other hoods. Into the car, quick.
Fish Lane is where Doc said to come, wasn't it, Johnny? Eminently correct, Rennie. Well, this is it, but it ain't nothing but an unpaved rut founded by wooden tar paper shacks. Long Tom, what was the address again? 1120. That's where this Calavery is supposed to be. There it is, over there. That joint sure ain't much. Shingles scabbing off the roof. Tin cans nailed over knot holes. Old clothes wadded in place of missing windows. We needn't wait on Doc for this. All we have to do is ascertain whether this Kel Avery is in attendance. Let's take it. I agree. Say, look. What? Here in the mud by the stoop. Footprints. Seems to have been only one guy walking in and out of here. A logical assumption, judging from the minuscule dimensions of the depression. Although a person of male gender is not necessarily indicated. Oh, Johnny said you're right, but it could have also been a girl. Oh, yeah. Let's go inside. An absence of response. Take a look through the keyhole, Johnny. I'll be super amalgamated. What, what is, is it? it? Let's get inside, fast! How come it's only when there's action that you speak in one-syllable words, Johnny? Stand back. Rennie, it never fails to amaze me how you can destroy virtually any door with one blow. Oh, uh, this one was nothing. Only two inches thick. Inside. Look, somebody hanging by his neck from the rafters. Revolting. Horrible. Damn bad. How long's he been hanging there, do you suppose? Well, if the ceiling weren't gone and the attic exposed, he never could have gotten the heights enough to do it. Well, he got enough. Look at that long white beard. Almost without any color at all. Like, like it'd been bleached. It, it just looks that way because his face is so purple from the throttling effect. Oh, I don't know. He looks really old. Come on, you guys. Get him down. He may still be alive. Better keep your hands in sack, gentlemen. Holy cow. Yeah. Oh, I'll say he's alive. Just stand where you are till I get out of this noose. Now, just stand still. I'm going to search your pockets. Take it easy, fellas. This guy really took us in. Now, what have we here? Funny-looking handguns. Careful of those, old-timer. They may look like handguns, but they shoot like machine guns. And they have hair triggers. Well, no matter what they are, you won't be needing them. Oh, no, you don't! Benny, don't! Ah! Wow. I haven't seen a speedier move than that, even from Doc himself. Why didn't Santini, Hallett, and Leaking come instead of sending you gentlemen? Are you Kel Avery? <laughs> are you trying to kid me? I said, are you Kel Avery? No, sir. And you should know that, being in Santini's gang. Well, wrong, Whiskers. We're not working for a Santini. Save that guff, sir. And don't believe you can talk fast enough to fool old Dan Thunden. Dan Thunden? That your name? <laughs> As if Santini hadn't told you. I tell you, we're not with... Shut up! Sir, would you condescend to answer a simple interrogation from me? What's your question? How old are you? One hundred and thirty-one years. Oh, that's a dang lie. Nobody could be as spry as you are at that age. I agree. Ah, what? Your hands up, sir. I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> 
You're showing no ordinary man, sir. Quick, outside. There he is. Look out, he's got another gun. Down. Quite wish to see to be a walking arsenal. What's that? Somebody else is shooting. It's Pat. She stayed in the car as a lookout. That six-gunner hers will give him something to think about. Look, gun's heading for the street. He's hailing a cab. Damn it. If you don't believe I'm 131 years old, look up the records on the skipper of a senior. A schooner that sailed from New York in 1843. <laughs> Sorry, Doc. He got away while I was reloading my pistol. That's all right, Pat. I have a feeling we'll see Dan Thunden again before this business is over. <laughs> and what a business. I've only been with you half an hour, and I've already been in two fights. Two fights? Take a look at Doc Sedan. Santini, Hallett, Leaking, and their gang jumped us. They stopped our car by blocking the street with a taxi and ran out with guns and cut loose. Holy cow. I aged ten years wondering if Doc Sedan really was bulletproof. And was it a good feeling when those bullets bounced off? What about Santini's gang? Well, they had cars set for a fast getaway. They were gone before we could get straightened out and follow them. You're an awful bad company, Cass. <laughs> I love this company. <laughs> There it is in the shipping record. Let's see. Ah, see. Yes, the schooner sea nymph sailed from New York in 1843. According to a manifest, the skipper was a man bearing the name Dan Thunder, who age at that time was exactly 40. Computation would indicate that Captain Dan Thunder of the sea nymph would be 131 years of age if he'd lived to this day. Ha! Nuts. Whom are you attributing the qualities of a hard-shelled fruit? Not to you, Johnny, but it's silly to think that any guy 131 years old could be as spry as that old white-whiskered gent we saw in Fish Lane. Holy cow. What now, Rennie? The shipping records go on to say that the voyage in 1843 was the sea nymph's last. She was lost at sea and never heard from again. We have about an hour to spare before heading for the airport to meet this Kel Avery, who was ordered seized by Santini. You think they'll go through with the attempted capture, Doc? Why not? They don't know we intercepted Santini's orders to Hallett and Leaking. That's right. Well, what about the hour we have to spare? How about some dinner? I think we'd be better advised to learn what this is all about. Don't you guys ever eat? <laughs> not when there's danger to be met. How are we going to find out about what this is all about, Doc? Recall the file of wealthy men in the offices of Fountain of Youth? Yeah. One of the files seemed to be more used than the others. Remember the name, Ham? Thackeray Hutchinson. Correct. Ooh, are we going to ask this Thackeray Hutchinson a few questions? Yes, Monk, we are. Ooh, what swanky digs. He has the entire top floor penthouse, I hear. I never did like this Hutchinson. He's an orphan robber. A successful orphan robber, Ham, if this domicile is any indication. May I help you? You're the butler? I am. I'm Doc Savage. We're here to see Mr. Thackeray Hutchinson. Uh, 
Mr. Hutchison is not in. Don't lie to us. In the library. What is this? Damn you, get out of here. My name is Savage, Mr. Hutchinson. We've come to call upon you. I know you're Doc Savage. And some fools think you're a big shot. You may buffalo some people, but you won't get to first base with me. Now, get out. We've called on you to learn what you know of the Fountain of Youth Incorporated. Never heard of it. That is not true. If you don't get out of here, I'll call the police. The police are here, Mr. Hutchinson. Where? We are the police. Each of my men and myself holds a commission in the New York Police Force. Here are my credentials. Mr. Hutchinson, you are under arrest. What? The Fountain of Youth Incorporated has made repeated attempts to kill me within the last two hours. You may be connected with the concern. That means a trip to jail. You're crazy! Accessory to murder or attempted murder is a criminal charge, and all your money won't keep you out of prison. What do you want to know? I'll tell you. That's better. Now, Mr. Hutchinson... What is your connection with Fountain of Youth, Incorporated? I don't know. I'm only a customer. Customer? Oh, this is horrible. If only Fountain of Youth hadn't gotten into trouble. They had the secret, and now they've got in trouble, and it'll be lost. Go on. I was to pay them a million dollars for the secret. It was cheap at the price. A select list of other rich men was to receive the secret, too. We've been selected carefully because of our wealth and uh, other qualifications. Wait. This isn't making sense. What is this secret for which you and other wealthy men were willing to pay a million each? They've got a man here. They said they had to be sure we didn't tell the secret or plot against them to get the weeds. Fountain of Youth has a man here? One of Santini's gang? Yes. Who is he? Spill your insides, will you? He's one of Santini's men. Block that door. He's looking for the terrace. After him, Rennie. He's heading for the ledge. Don't let him jump to that next landing. Look out, you crazy fool. That ledge is too narrow. That's what you think, I... Oh, oh, oh. Boy, that's a long way down. Did you get him, Doc? No, Ham. He won't be able to tell us anything. Neither will Thackeray Hutchinson. He's dead. Tougher. How so, Mom? Well, we haven't seen all the guys in this Fountain of Youth gang, Pat. Some of them might be around waiting for this Kel Avery's plane. Looks more like autograph grabbers and photographers. Well, that would mean a celebrity's arriving, wouldn't it? Yeah, but them Fountain of Youth guys could be in disguise. Pat. Yes, Doc? Can you change your appearance in a hurry? Well, if I had some dark glasses, I could. There are some in the car. Get them, Long Tom. Right. Ham, lend me that snappy top coat of yours. Huh? You're about Pat's size. Come on, shed it. I don't get it, Doc. I don't think that Fountain of Youth crew got a good look at Pat this afternoon. If we alter her appearance slightly with the coat and the glasses, they might not recognize her. The idea being that nobody's to think I'm with you. Exactly. Here are the glasses, Doc. Thanks, Long Tom. Now, Pat, keep your eyes open and be ready to grab any loose ends that we let slip. Right. Here comes the plane, Doc. Good. Let's see if we can find out why so many people are here. Say, Doc, 
I just talked to a reporter. Maureen Darling is coming in on that plane. Maureen Darling? A picture actress? Uh, none other. If I remember my gossip sheets, Maureen Darling is no big shot. Just played opposite a couple of well-known actors. I wonder why all the fuss. Oh, haven't you heard, Ham? Maureen Darling was kidnapped in Florida yesterday, but she escaped. The papers yesterday were full of it. Sounds suspiciously like a publicity stunt. Perhaps, Ham, but that would explain why all the photographers and the autograph hounds are here. <laughs> but some of those guys may belong to the Fountain of Youth gang. Yes, Long Tom, they might. Hey, well, the plane's in, and the crowd's moving toward the door. I've lost sight of Pat. I wonder what... Here's Joe Avery! What's that? Joe Avery, over there! Hey, help! Help! There's a fight! Come on! Are you hurt, Avery? My name's not Avery. I'm Joe Smith. I'm a reporter on the morning comet. This thug's all of a sudden jumped on me, yelling something about me being Cal Avery. All right, you mugs. What's this all about? Some guy hired us to jump this bird, Kel Avery, when the plane came in and beat him up. We got 50 bucks apiece. How did you know who Kel Avery was? The guy pointed him out to us. What did this man look like? Uh, short, uh, pudgy, with a long, skinny mustache. Santee! We fell for a trick to divert our attention. But why divert our attention? Duh! Duh! Some people just told me that during the fight over here, another gang grabbed Maureen Darling and another woman and carried him off in a car. How did this happen, Rennie? Uh, they slugged a bodyguard this Maureen Darling had along. What beautiful dopes we turned out to be. This fight was to get our attention while the gang grabbed Maureen Darling. But I thought they were after Kelly. Where is this bodyguard of Maureen Darling's, Rennie? Over there. There he is, Doc. Oh, he is some bodyguard. Built almost as well as you, Doc. Are you Kel Avery? Mister, my name no Kel Avery. My name DeClima. You are Maureen Darling's bodyguard. Well, maybe was her guard. Maybe it is she won't want guard who is guard not so hot. No. Oh, I don't get it. We're here to keep Santini's gang from grabbing Kel Avery. Instead, we get tricked away to a fight that's supposed to be Kel Avery. And meanwhile, Santini grabs somebody who ain't Kel Avery. But that is it. Men do take Kel Avery. What are you saying? Uh, that is what I try to tell you. Maureen, darling, is Kel Avery. What does the Fountain of Youth gang want with Kel Avery? What is the mysterious secret that meant the death of banker Thackeray Hutchinson? And who is Dan Thunden, who claims to be 131 years old? Don't miss The Disappointing Parcel, Chapter 3 of Fear Key. Next time on The Adventures of Doc Savage. Fear Key was written by Lester Dent and adapted for radio by Roger Rittner. Featured in the cast were Daniel Chodos, Robert Towers, Art Dutch, Kimmet Muston, Bill Ratner, Scott McKenna, Glenn Shaddix, and Robin Riker. Also heard were Michael McConaughey, Bob Farley, William Irwin, and Bob Lyons. Sound effects were created by David Surtees, assisted by Jerry Williams. Production assistance by Samantha Kimmel and Doris Christie. Engineering by Denny King. 
Adventures of Doc Savage is produced and directed by Roger Rittner and is a presentation of the Variety Arts Radio Theater. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'll just take that parcel from you, Mr. Santini. Back up against that wall. Now we'll just have a look at what we're all really after. What? Why, this ain't the right stuff. This is nothing but plain old swamp grass. Here comes Monk Mayfair, the ape-like chemist. Blazes! Ham Brooks, the sword-wielding lawyer. Take that! Rennie Renwick, the two-fisted engineer. Holy cow! Long Tom Roberts, the adventurous electrical genius. Pipe down, you guys. Johnny Littlejohn, the fighting archaeologist. I'll be super amalgamated. And their leader, the greatest adventure hero of the 1930s, the Man of Bronze, Doc Savage. The Variety Arts Radio Theater, by special arrangement with Condé Nast Publications, presents The Adventures of Doc Savage, a new series of radio adventures based on the novels by Lester Dent. Today, The Disappointing Parcel, Chapter 3 of the fantastic story, Fear Key. Serious business of Fountain of Youth Incorporated has caused the death of a banker named Thackeray Hutchinson, who claimed the Fountain of Youth possessed a secret for which the wealthiest men in America would each pay a million dollars. After unsuccessfully attempting to kidnap Doc Savage, the Fountain of Youth gang, headed by a man named Santini, attempts to waylay Kel Avery, who is due in New York on a plane from Florida. Also interested in Kel Avery is one Dan Thunden, a spry old man who claims to be 131 years old. When Doc, his five assistants, and cousin Pat Savage attempt to foil the airport plot, they are tricked away from the plane by a ruse, only to find that a motion picture starlet named Maureen Darling has been grabbed by the Santini gang. Upon questioning the movie star's bodyguard, Doc and his aides are startled to hear that Maureen Darling is Kel Avery. Maureen Darling and Kel Avery are the same person? Yes, Kel Avery, or Kelmina Avery. She don't use that name not so much. The name Avery, she's not so good on the uh, movie picture, no? Maureen Darling, much better. So the girl, she used the name of Avery, not so much. And you're her bodyguard? Yes, my name's Klima. Well, you may be built almost as well as Doc Savage here, but you're sure a flop in the bodyguard business. Doc! What is it, Johnny? Your cousin Pat isn't around here anyplace. Rennie, you said Santini's gang made off with two women? Right, Doc. 
The cleaner. Did Miss Avery have any female traveling companions? No, just the cleaner. Then the second woman must have been Pat. Come on. The cleaner? He go along? How about that, Doc? Of course. We want to ask him some questions. We catch them, and the cleaner, he break them into little pieces. Witnesses said the gang hustled the two women into a blue phaeton and headed toward New York. Did it, Rennie. Now, Declima, what do you know about all this? Me? I not know so much. Well, tell us what you do know. Yesterday, I read about it in the papers. The kidnap what is tried on Marine Darling in East Florida. Call her Miss Avery, so there'll be no confusion. Ah, yes. I'm in East Florida, then. I go to her, to Miss Avery. I am once a fighter, not so hot. And now, the nick, I pick up where I can. I fight, I shoot. Uh, I'm plenty to tough guy, me. Don't brag. You're with guys who are tough now. But you are not so good in the head, no? You run to the wrong fight while them fellas, they get Marine Darling. Uh, me saver. Say, you funny-talking bundle of beef. Are you hunting a scrap? Stop it, Monk. The cleaner, you went to Miss Avery after you heard of the attempt to kidnap her. You offered your services as a bodyguard? That's her. That's the idea. I put up the talk and tell her that me, I am the one she needs. So she hired me to watch out for her. Ha! <laughs> Fine job you done. What else do you know? Me, nothing. You know nothing about Santini, Pallet, and Leaking. Or a white-bearded man named Dan Fundam, who claims he's 131 years old? Or a company which calls itself Fountain of Youth, Incorporated? No, I've never heard of any of them, no. <laughs> what an information mine you turn out to be. The claimer, he not like you, not... Brother, the affection is retained. Look, up ahead. In the ditch by the road. A woman! I say, quite disheveled, swabbed in mud at roadside grinds, coming over. Say, even with all that mud, she's a dish. It is Marine, Miss Avery. Are any of you Doc Savage? I am. Good. Keep going. Well, step on it. Now, Miss Avery. What happened? They threw me out. After they went to all that trouble to seize you? They thought I was my maid. And the other girl made them think she was Kel Avery. What other girl? The one who rushed to my side when the trouble started back at the airport. She acted as if she was one of my party and made them think she was me. When she got the chance, she whispered to me to begin to scream. And they might throw me out of the car. Then she said if they did, Doc Savage would be following and I should tell him my story. So I screamed and they threw me out. What did this other girl look like, Miss Avery? She was beautiful. She had bronze-colored hair... Just like yours, Mr. Savage. So it was, Pat. I was coming to New York to get your help. Did you tell anyone that? Nobody. Why? Because Santini and his outfit learned you were coming to me and tried to kidnap me and put me where you couldn't find me. Or that's how it seems. Santini? Ever hear of him? No. Or Fountain of Youth Incorporated? No. What about Hallett or Leaking? Never heard those names that I recall. What about a white-haired man named Dan Funden who says he's 131 years old? Oh, so you have heard of Dan Funden? Yes. He's my great-grandfather, according to the letter I got from him. My great-grandfather on my mother's side, the letter said. What else did his letter say? It said for me to take the package that was with the letter and guard it with my life, to be sure not to open it, and to come to Florida, and I would be worth $50 million within 30 days. Holy cow. You obeyed instructions? It sounds silly, but I did. You see, the press agent for the movie company I worked for thought it would be a good idea to get some newspaper space. 
The company even paid me a salary to go to Florida as instructed. The press agent was going to meet me there, but before he came, I was kidnapped. Was that the press agent's idea, Miss Avery? The press agent doesn't even know where I am. He hadn't even gotten to Florida. I was scared. Those men threatened to kill me unless I got the package. How did you extricate yourself? As a matter of fact, I didn't escape. They turned me loose to get the parcel, but instead I came north. Why come north? To put the thing in your hands. Where is the parcel now? In the plane on which I arrived, back at the airport. I sent it by airmail, knowing it would come on the same plane. Why that precaution? I was afraid to carry it. Maybe I'm not very brave. You're brave enough. How about it, Rennie? Have we caught up to Santini's car yet? That's uh, no use, Doc. They've given us the slip. Should we head back to the office? Yes. Perhaps some research in our library will shed some light on all this. That old Yahoo Dan Thunder is sure a lick-splitting freak. <laughs> Imagine a king, 131 years old, being able to hop around like he can. If he is indeed that old. We have only his word for it, Monk. This is some office. How high up are we? 86th floor, Miss Avery. Doc's private high-speed elevator makes the trip seem short, though. Long Tom, Ray, Johnny, Ham, here are the addresses of some of the wealthy men whose names were in that file in the Fountain of Youth office. Their names were there for some reason, just like the bankers, Thackeray Hutchinson. Go investigate them. Okay. Some of these birds should give us information. But be careful. We don't want a repetition of what happened to Thackeray Hutchinson. Yeah, that guy got what was coming to him. What happened to him? He got shot between the eyes. Oh. What about Pat, Doc? We haven't a lead to go on, Rennie. We'll have to see what turns up. Now get going. Uh, me, I think I go out. Uh, not for long. Why, De Klima? Business. Very well. Monk. Yeah, Doc. Follow the cleanup. With pleasure. And boy, do I hope this guy gives me some excuse to tie into him. Mr. Savage, you don't trust the Klima. Just a precaution, Miss Avery. And it gives Monk something to do. He feels neglected if he isn't doing something. You have a remarkable group of men. Now for you. It isn't advisable for you to leave here, since Santini and his crew must know about this office. You can use the telephone and have fresh clothes sent up from a shop. There's an excellent one in the building. Thank you. I assume you made arrangements for my airmail package to be delivered here? It'll be here in not more than 20 minutes. The claimer, he got two new ones, see? My other two ones, them fella at the airport, they got... Bought two new revolvers, hmm? They aren't easy to purchase here in New York. Well, for the fellow with the money, anything she easy. At a hawk shop, I get them. And I no need license for to carry them, either. Here's the newspapers you wanted, Doc. The monk went into a hawk shop, stayed a while, and came back here. He didn't do nothing else. Call the police, monk. Have them have that pawnbroker's business license taken away for selling firearms to unlicensed people. Right. Any word from Pat? None. I'm worried about that other girl, Pat. What do you think they're doing to her? Uh, probably trying to buffalo her into telling her where the box your great-granddaddy Dan Thunden sent you can be found. I'd give up that box in an instant if it would get her freedom. Mailmen with the box should be here shortly. An armored truck is pulling up in front of the building, Doc. 
must be bringing a package. You told them to use an armored truck? Of course. Uh-oh. Something's happening down there. What? Come, look. The postal carriers are heading toward the front of the building, but three guys are standing up in that open touring car nearby. They're throwing something at the postal carriers. They look like glass bottles. Look, they're, they're breaking, and the postmen are falling down. Yes! One of the men in the touring car is heading toward the postman. He must be holding his breath. Doc, can't we do something? We'd never get down there in time, Monk. The man grabbed the package. Now he's running back toward the touring car, and it's taking off. There goes the package. Oh, them damn fella, they sure smart guys. I go after them. Wait. I, I could hit him with my super machine pistol. No, Monk. Doc, have you gone nuts? Wait a minute. You pulled a fast one. What was it? Have a look. Down there. Say, it's Johnny's coop, weaving in and out of traffic. But I thought you sent him to interview those wealthy men. The slip of paper I gave him actually told him to tail the mail truck. If anything happened, he was to use his own judgment. Will this lead us to Pat? Let's hope so, Monk. Meanwhile, let's go down to the garage. Truck, she's some buggy. Bulletproof glass and armor plate, yes. Right, and the tires are filled with sponge rubber instead of air, so they can't be shot out. But it looks like an ordinary delivery truck. Yes, Santini and his gang will be less likely to recognize us than if we used one of my usual cars. Isn't it about time to get Johnny on the short way? Yes, Mark. You can contact your men from this truck. Yeah, everybody's tied in with two-way radio sets, and we can all talk together if we want Johnny, come in. Right here, Doc. Where are you? Uh, going north on Broadway. So far, there's been no difficulty. Have they seen you? Emphatically negative. Johnny means no. Deviating eastward over the bridge to Long Island. What's going on here? That you, Rennie? Right. I just turned on my set. Santini has stolen Miss Avery's package from the mail carriers. Johnny's tailing them. Head for Long Island and join him. Meanwhile, what did you learn when you interviewed your rich man? My rich man has flown the coop, Doc. According to his maid, he got a telephone call a little while before I arrived. He acted excited, grabbed some money out of his private safe, snatched a few clothes, and jammed them into a suitcase. Then ran out the door. That's the last they saw him. Sounds like he was tipped off you were coming. You said it. The men who appropriated the package are now traversing an unpopulated section of Beach Road, Doc. Be careful they don't see you, Johnny. You're cautioning me? Doc, it's obvious Santini's gang warned the rich men to skip out. What puzzles me is what got him to beat it so fast. It's not so strange, Rennie. The newspapers are on the street with the news of Thackeray Hutchinson's death. Fear of a similar fate is enough to cause those wealthy men to do what they're told. Santini's sure taken plenty of trouble to keep us from learning what this is all about. Whatever it is, it must be big. Doc, the car is stopped on an old road near the beach. They're getting out. Where are you stopped, Johnny? Uh, about 15 miles beyond the highway junction. You've been traveling faster than it seemed. It'll take us 15 or 20 minutes to get there. I'm going to trail them on foot. Do that. And watch your step. The way them mail carriers caved in. Sweet, I call it. It won't be sweet if they grow bleeding. Don't worry, Shorty. Who is he? Santa Claus. What do you think? Uh, 
Did you get it? Sure, Santini. We got it. Bueno, give it to me. Say, what happened to your chin, Santini? You're all cut. Uh, that girl is a cut. I thought I had her tied securely in the corner there, but she kicked me in the face and almost got away. Now come, we open this package. Pat, I gotta tell Doc about this. Unless you're bulletproof, you better stand right where you are. Funding. Right you are. And I know all about your bulletproof vest. So don't try anything or I'll shoot you in the head. So you are working with them? No, sir. I'm working on them, not for them. Then you and I had better work together. Old Dan Thunden is working for himself. I didn't know who you was when I met you before, but now I know you're one of Doc Savage's outfit, and I don't want any part of you. Listen, what we have no to do... No more jawboning. We are just going to do some watching and listening. Finalmente, look, all of you. This is it. This is what we search for. And that old Gothondon even sent his great-granddaughter a map of showing the island's whereabouts. You sure it's the island? See, here it is, in the Caribbean, 500 miles from Florida, and out of the sea routes of any modern ship. So, now that we have the package, what do we do with the girl? We no longer need her. Shoot her! Life won't make as much noise. Very well, just get it done. Quick, get into the shack before they harm my granddaughter. Ready? I suppose. Hold it! I couldn't miss you all from here. Funding! <laughs> Up against the wall there, all of you. You too, little John. <laughs> now, I'll just take that map. I never should have sent that to my great-granddaughter. But I didn't know but that we might find use for it. I guess all concerned can find the island if need be. Except Doc Savage and his scuts. And we don't want them in on it. Now, shall we all have a look at what we're really after? What? Why, this ain't... Grab him! Go! Even you and the Doc Savage is a man or no match for my men, eh, Thunden? Maybe. But take another look in the box, Santini. You haven't got what you think you got. What do you mean? <laughs> that ain't the stuff. It's just plain old swamp grass. Swamp grass? Licking, give me the box. He's right. This isn't the stuff. What have you done with the weeds, Sunday? Uh, this here gal must have made a change. What did you do with that package I sent you? Miss Avery, don't tell them a thing. But whatever you do, don't tell them a thing. Silence! Leaking! Untie her and see what she has to say. Right. Hey, where'd she get that gun? <laughs> Exquisite. You completely overlooked the firearm Mr. Thunden dropped in the melee, Santini. Now I'll just remove this young lady's gag and restraints. <coughs> oh... I came to New York for excitement. Man, oh, man, am I getting it. Now, Thunden, why did you mail that package? Why, I needed money. I was going to meet you in Florida and tell you the whole story, but these 
gentleman must have got the telegram you sent telling me you would go to Florida. Or did you send such a message? The message was sent. I never got it. Now, that explains why I did not meet you in Florida. Did Santini send a man down there? No more! Forget him. I shoot him many times in the heart. He is a dead. Boss, I move. We shake this place. Things are getting too tough. The skinny guy you shot is one of Doc Savage's outfit. And let me tell. Savage will move the earth to get the guys who rubbed out one of his friends. Shorty's right. Kidnapping the bronze guy was one thing. Killing one of his men is another. In the U.S. is going to be too warm for us. <laughs> you birds are just getting wise to yourselves. Shut her up. So what do we do now? I have it. Buena, an excellent idea. I hope so. It is the one great idea I have. We will take the seaplane and go to the island. Doing that, we will be away from this dark savage. We will get a supply of the weeds and operate from outside of the country. What about the girl? We take her along. She is the one who knows where the other box is. We make her tell where that parcel goes to. If we do not find what we want on the island, then the girl will be very valuable indeed. We will have her to trade for it. Yeah, not a bad idea. Oh, boss. See, what is eating you? When we reach the island and find a storeroom, do we get to use the stuff ourselves? Well, of course. See, see. <laughs> wow. I feel like a guy who's just been promised a million bucks. Now, everyone, quickly, to the seaplane. We must make our escape before Doc Savage finds out about this. Bring the girl. We are off for Fear Key. Will Santini make good his escape? What has happened to the spry old Dan Thunton? And what steps will Doc Savage take to avenge the murder of his aide, Johnny? Don't miss Island of Death, Chapter 4 of Fear Key, next time on The Adventures of Doc Savage. Fear Key was written by Lester Dent and adapted for radio by Roger Rittner. Featured in the cast were Daniel Chodos, Robert Towers, Bill Ratner, Kemet Mustin, Robin Riker, Marcia Kramer, Bob Farley, Michael McConaughey, Douglas Kohler, William Irwin, and Glenn Shattuck. Also heard was Bob Lyons. Sound effects were created by David Surtees, assisted by Jerry Williams. Production assistance by Samantha Kimmel and Doris Christie. Engineering by Denny King.
The Adventures of Doc Savage is produced and directed by Roger Rittner and is a presentation of the Variety Arts Radio Theater. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.